Welcome, Western Standard Watchers. We're talking today about some developments in the Canadian news media scene that some of us find quite disturbing. They speak to an appetite for government control and perhaps even censorship. Um, and it's beyond the newspapers, it's the internet as well. Complex subject. We have somebody here with us today who can make sense of all this, and that's Peter Menzies. Peter Menzies, my former boss in years gone by, a publisher at the Calgary Herald, and for nearly 10 years, a commissioner with the CRTC. These days, he is a freelance commentator, but he is, is most commonly to be seen in the McDonald Laurier Institute's publications. And as somebody who's lived in both worlds, he's probably the right man to make sense of all of this. So let's go right to it, Peter. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Nigel. Good to be with you again. Good to, good to see you there. So, uh, you know, we think we have, Peter, we think we have a free press in this country. Do we? What's going on, not just with the legislation, but the whole media business? Well, the whole media business has struggled quite a bit ever since the internet was invented and classified advertising went away to Kijiji and uh, Craigslist and others. And it's uh, had a very difficult time adapting. And so what you've had is they've been looking for government assistance via bailouts. And what you're seeing is kind of a merger of this, the old broadcasting news world where they were always you know, it, it was contractual when you got a broadcasting license that you would accept certain terms and conditions in when you when you took on that license. So broadcasting people have always been a little bit more comfortable with having the uh, uh, somebody from the government telling them how much you know how they should conduct themselves and and what sort of standards they should keep and that sort of stuff. Those of us who uh, grew up in the newspaper industry find that abhorrent. Uh, just the very idea that anybody from the government would even have an opinion on how you should do your business was to be fought tooth and nail at every step of the way. But these days, having suffered more and more from the, call it, legacy print industry, um, are being enveloped by that broadcasting mentality. On the other side, there's about 220 startups, uh, online products such as such as your own, who uh, are not complaining uh, for the most part and are moving forward independently and maintaining some of those independent traditions. In other words, the state has no place in the newsrooms of the nation. So, Peter, before we get down to the, the, the brass tacks of what is going on, the status of a newspaper reporter, let me put it to you, he stands in the place of the free citizen who is entitled to ask questions of government but doesn't have time to do so. Is that a fair description of where a reporter sits in relation to government? I think so, yeah. Yes. Okay, so really when they, any attempt to control the press can be interpreted as an attempt to control the citizen or is that going too far? Oh no, I think so. I mean, it's if if you're if you're trying to control the information flow to the citizen, you are interfering with their with their freedom of expression because it freedom of expression and freedom of speech isn't just about what you say; it's about what you get to hear. And if you interfere 
with that information flow, that free press information flow in any way. I mean, you're entitled to give your spin on things and give your own view of things. Politicians have done that for years and years and years. But if you go beyond that, you've crossed a line that shouldn't be crossed. Yeah. So um, the Western Standard does not take the government money that you've been speaking of. Uh, what, is the, what is the risk to the public and to newspapers themselves when they accept this money? Well, I think you lose your uh, viewers and readers' trust. I think when, when people know about that, I mean, people haven't really known about, you know, the, uh, the control the CRTC has over uh, broadcasting for years because you have to count on the broadcasters to tell, <laughs> to tell you that. And they're not likely to do that because if people think you are beholding to anybody else, anybody other than them, they, the, your readers, your viewers need to believe that they are your primary interest. It is they that you serve. And if they think you are serving anybody other than them, um, even through you know minor compliances and that sort of stuff, or particularly the government, um, they won't trust you. So you're actually going to kill your own business. Now, some people might say, Peter, and they would they would use an example like the recent uh, coverage of the allegations of Chinese electoral interference, that the newspaper industry, media, the TV companies were big in this coverage too, um, that they have actually proceeded as if they didn't have any reason to be beholden to government, that the money's not making any difference, and they publish stories that obviously this government would prefer had stayed under wraps. So really, it, it's all okay. Is there any merit to that? No. Looking at it? I mean, there's merit to the argument. I mean, you can say that that Bob Fife and Stephen Chase have have not have not succumbed to any outside pressures, and I think the Globe and Mail deserves some pretty good kudos for that. Um, the Globe and Mail is also owned by perhaps the richest family in Canada and one of the fifty richest families in the world. So they have some flexibility in terms of pressure and how people view the view the pressure on them. They've never really, as far as I know, made a lot of money. Um, they've always been supported by the Thompson family. And, and so they have that security and, and, and they, they, they have the flexibility to be that way. But the key issue with most of the media, yes, some reporters will still be able to do their, a good job, right? But it's whether or not the public trusts them to do that. I mean, the fact of the matter is people are surprised that these guys broke these stories, right? And they shouldn't be. They should be expecting them to break these stories. A very fair point. In addition to that program that we've been talking about, whereby governments fund newspapers, there is also two important pieces of legislation going through Parliament right now, Bill C-11, Bill C-18. In fact, the Western Standard publisher, Derek Fildebrand, is there testifying to the Senate today. But a lot of people... I think would appreciate an explanation of what those two pieces of legislation do and what dangers they may pose for a free press. Sure, very broadly, Bill C-11 is the one that's already been enacted. It passed, it got uh, royal assent on April the 27th. It actually, for the first time, uh, puts the CRTC in charge of the entire internet. Well, not the entire, everything that's audio and visual 
on the internet is now considered broadcasting and is under the and is going to be governed by the CRTC through the Broadcasting Act. The threat there, of course, is that the Broadcasting Act compels the CRTC to make sure that the system, as it is known, and the internet is now part of that system, is of high standard. And you can see that already where they've uh, decided to take a complaint to remove Fox News from the list of uh, approved uh, foreign foreign broadcasters. So Fox News could go out um, of the old cable system. Now that the CRTC is in charge of the internet, Canadians could be denied access to it over the internet as well. So once you start taking an infinite world of information uh, in which the consumer is completely free to pick and choose what they want, which is what the internet has always been um, and was intended to be. And you put uh, CRTC in charge, which is governed by nine commissioners appointed by cabinet um, in terms of that. When I was one, they used to call us patronage appointees. They don't use that term with the liberal appointees, interestingly enough, because I guess patronage was a little demeaning and I kept trying to figure out what, what, what I was getting paid back for. But anyway, the, the, uh, um, it, it's politicized in, the, in that sense. In people's views, they can see it that way. And I don't say that to demean the people who are on the commission. There's some sharp uh, cookies on there and, and they've got a big job to do. But basically people are losing their freedom to watch what they want to watch, when they want to watch it, how they want to watch it. So, Peter, I mean, my first reaction to the Fox News story was that it was a stunt by people who didn't like Fox News, but that it couldn't really go anywhere. Are you suggesting that that's a real possibility? That oh, they... yeah. No, it's a it's a very real possibility. Um, it, you know, first of all, the, I mean, the, 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 the group that's complaining is, is, uh, is an LGBTQ2 uh, group, and the uh, CRTC has been instructed to take special care of certain groups, and that's one of them. In terms of in terms of indigenous, uh, just last year, uh, the CRTC, which you know, as, as Bill C eleven was going along, everybody was saying, "Oh no, the CRTC doesn't censor anything." Of course they do. That's why they're there, right? That's the whole point of them. What's the point of having a broadcasting regular regulator dictating terms and conditions and hours of the day and that sort of stuff? And, and unless they're regulating, last year they sanctioned Société Radio Canada, the French CBC for allowing on-air guests and commentators to use the N-word in reference to Pierre Valliere's uh, seminal 1968 book um, where he compared black people to the demise of uh, black people to, or the treatment of black people to the treatment of uh, Quebecois in Canada and that sort of stuff. So they sanctioned Société Radio Canada for that. Three commissioners dissented. One of them wasn't reappointed. One of them left for another job. There's only one of those left. So I think there's some indication there that the other commissioners are comfortable with censorship uh, in terms of that. And, uh, you know, having watched a couple of the hearings and viewed a couple of some online activity by one of them, I'd say that of the four chairs that are eight chairs that are currently filled, I'd say there's a very good chance at least three likely four would be happy to go ahead and uh, take Fox News out. I have to say, Peter, that uh, I don't believe most Canadians are aware of the 
CRTC's censorship role. If we lose Fox, they will be aware of it, but it will be too late. Yep. Is there anything that the concerned citizen, before we go to Bill C-18, is there anything that the bill, the concerned citizen can do at this moment with regard to well, Fox? To begin yeah, with. the CRTC has opened a public consultation on the matter. It's open until June the 2nd. It's yes. on their website. Uh, I can. It's, it's not the easiest thing for people to find, so you guys might want to post it. But people, anybody is free to go in there and post a comment. Pro or con, you know, please take Fox News down. Please keep Fox News alive in Canada. I mean, the strange thing about the Fox News thing is it's, it's not like it's on your basic cable package. You have to actually want it. You have to buy it. You have to make an additional subscription to it. It's not like, you know, I told somebody earlier today, it's not like you're going to run downstairs to the family room and go, oh, my God, the grandchildren are watching Fox News. David, save us, right? Um, mm -hmm. You have to, you know, you have to ask for it, right? So, but uh, that said, um, you know, people have been kind of waiting for this moment. And now that the CRTC is in charge of the internet, like I said, and this actually started with the decision on RT, Russia TV, last year that the CRTC made. Um, that whole thing was mismanaged in a way that opened this door. And whether or not Fox gets uh, taken out this time, these complaints aren't going to stop. There are lots of groups who want to use the CRTC to make sure the internet and the news world is a safe space for them in which they will only hear what they deem to be reasonable voices. And there's a school of thought that believes that only progressive voices are reasonable voices. And would the Liberal Party of Canada be among that group of people that is hoping for that kind of an interpretation from well, the <laughs> You'd have to say from their convention last weekend and some of the resolutions they passed that, yeah, they're all in on that. You know, there was one resolution that the government examined ways to... Uh, uh, to, to be able to make sure that social media companies only allow information to be posted where the source can be verified, which takes away um, unnamed source stories from journalists, essentially. Um, and, it, you know, I mean, people can say those are just resolutions. Nobody well, that would have undercut the whole China inquiry, wouldn't it? Unnamed sources. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it would, it would get rid of all of story. that, right? And it would yeah. get, I mean... It, <laughs> It, it would have got rid of Woodward and Bernstein, right? Um, yes. and, and the Watergate story too. I mean, there's a there's a lot of stories that 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 would have that would have gotten rid of. You know, and I I mean I I'm a big believer in very rigorous verification, particularly, and I don't like unnamed sources being you know used loosely in journalism. But at the same time, they you know, the government has no business controlling that, that sort of thing. And and so maybe nothing ever comes of it, but it, it reveals the instincts, right? And there's a, there's a real trend right now uh, on the left of the spectrum for control of the internet. And that's Bill C-11 getting control of the internet. They, they left a provision in there allowing them to regulate, um, you know, social media posts. They said they weren't going to use it, but when the Senate tried to take it out, they put it back in. So it's there for a reason. It's there to give them flexibility to do something. And 
And sooner or later, it'll probably lead to a certain amount, like this Fox News complaint. That will lead to uh, that, whether, you know, like just accepting the complaint and holding the process, that'll put a real chill in newsrooms, right? There's no yep. question that's what's going to happen. And, and this is video. What we're doing right now is video on the internet. So right now, we are conducting ourselves uh, at the pleasure of the CRTC. A chilling thought. Talk to us about Bill C-18. What does that do? Bill C-18 is uh, basically a shakedown by uh, large legacy media companies to force Facebook and Google to give them money. They uh, This started with Rupert Murdoch in Australia, who owns 60% of uh, he owns Fox News, too, but he owns 60% of Australia's media. And he had complained for years that, uh, well, Facebook and Google, they're stealing our stuff. They're making money off it. They're not sharing. This is a ripoff. They should be forced to pay us because they're profiting at our expense, which is, uh, I mean, Murdoch's a very powerful person in Australia. He basically decides who will be prime minister and for how long <laughs> as things move as things move along. Um but that's just nonsense. It just it doesn't work that way, right? I mean, how does it work, Peter? It well, it works right now with Facebook gives you a free distribution network, right? Newspapers used to spend, as you well know, a ton of money on distribution: newspaper boxes, corner stores, you know, delivery people, the depots, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, trucks, uh, a huge amount on that sort of stuff. Facebook gives you a free way to go, right? Google's, Google's certainly different, right? Because Google actually scrapes the internet for information and puts it up there through its search engine. Both of them have been, neither of them set out to kill newspapers. And I don't think either of them did. The internet may very well have killed newspapers because of the way it fragmented its, its revenue sources, saving consumers billions of dollars in the meantime in terms of classified ads. But... The, the publishers are in control of what they post to Facebook. And when they post it to Facebook, they post a link. And when you click on the link, it drives you to the website, right? Where, where they can monetize it through exposure to their advertisers. I am pretty sure Facebook makes a little bit of money somewhere along the line in there. Uh, they have been reinvesting with newspapers um, through various funds and that sort of stuff and, and some commercial arrangements. Uh, Post Media, I think, has, has deals with them and Google. Uh, Toronto Star does. Globe and Mail does. Um, others, may, others may as well. What Bill Say 18 is trying to make them do is every time, if I'm a newspaper, every time I put something on my page that's a link, they want Facebook to pay me for what Facebook just gave me for free. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no cap on the amount that they would have to pay either, right? So I think both Google and Facebook would be willing to, and there's a good argument to be made, hey, these guys can't just be taking money out of this country and not leaving any behind. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's lots of problems with big tech that need to be dealt with, but this isn't one of them. I, I mean, almost uncomfortable sometimes saying, Hey, this is a mugging, right? But it is. It's 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 basically a mugging of big tech, and as a result of it, Facebook is almost certainly, if Bill C eighteen is is not amended, um, going to stop people from being able to post 
links to news stories on their Facebook page. So it now Bill C-18 is before the Senate right now. Yeah. Yeah. So back to the Commons and then uh, passing in royal assent? Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not sure the Senate, the Senate tried really hard with C-11 with a lot of thoughtful amendments um, and sent it back and they just got completely rejected and they just folded when it came back the second time. I'm not sure they have the stomach for the fight anymore um, and it's getting close to summer, but I'm hoping they'll put in some amendments. Like for instance, the way the bill is created, most of the money, this is how this bill will work if it works, right? For, well, and it will only be Google paying in probably, but say they both pay in. Because it's based on links, the biggest single beneficiary of this bill will be the CBC. The second biggest beneficiary will be Bell, Bell Media, CTV. The third will probably be Rogers um, in, in terms of that. None of these guys need a subsidy. None of these guys are on the edge of bankruptcy, right? In, in terms of that sort of stuff. The CBC sure as hell doesn't, and it, it distorts the marketplace with its presence right now anyway, because it's not really a public broadcaster in television. So it will very much support the broadcasters. The newspapers will get, you know, according to one estimate from Heritage, uh, about 54 million bucks a year to split between them. And as I recall, 54 million bucks is about what the Calvary Herald used to turn as a profit in one year. And $54 million sprinkled across the entire non-broadcast industry will do nothing at all to, to change the shape of journalism, but it will entrench the status quo and the powerful at the expense of entrepreneurial projects such as yourself. So actually the federal government is probably quite pleased with the way this thing is moving along. They will have more effective control over the Canadian media through this, through what Bill C-18 does. Sure, and they'll have fewer people they have to deal with. Um, they'll, you know, they can, they can always make a phone call, right? You can, you meet people uh, for, from some of these companies. They all have lots of, you know, government affairs people, regulatory affairs people. You can have the conversations you need to have uh, to provide the sort of feedback you want to provide, and that's and that sort of stuff. So it, it becomes much more clubby again. Right. Once you once you bring in the CRTC and once they bring in government control of this or of that, it becomes very clubby. And and it's really sad because the Internet was such a wonderful thing. Right. It was so free and everybody celebrated it at the beginning when it was bringing down tyrannical governments. And then, you know, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, when, when people were getting the outcomes they wanted, but when other people in power weren't getting, were feeling threatened by it, all of a sudden they had to control it. So Peter, we've got government programs to fund newspapers. We've got Bill C-11, we've got Bill C-18. Is there a grand plan here or did this just kind of all fall together in a fortuitous way from the point of view of those who like the idea of control? Oh, the big one's still to come. The, the, the real dandy is going to be something called the Online Harms Act. Um, and it's been in development for a couple of years. And it will be, it, it will bring itself in under the cloak of protecting people from things that they're already protected from, like uh, uh, child pornography, uh, re uh, terrorism recruitment, 
those sorts of things, uh, hate speech, uh, like criminal code hate speech. These things are already governed. Sharing, a, a, uh, sharing intimate images without permission, these sorts of things. They'll say it's all about doing that, but those things are already illegal. You can't, you, you, you can't post those things on the internet without the police knocking on your door and you having to defend yourself in court. But online harms is more about redefining hate, for instance. So it's, you know, I mean, we, I think we've all seen that quite a bit. People talk, people use the word hate very use, loosely now, and they refer, they use it to refer to things that they dislike, that they find hateful, but certainly don't meet the bar that uh, the courts would demand for hate. Um, so you'll see uh, there's talk in there of creating a, a, a sort of same thing, similar sort of sister body to the CRTC with somebody called a digital safety commissioner who can order takedowns of posts they find offensive and that sort of stuff. So. You know, if Fox News got in trouble with the CRTC and got banned, it could do what a couple functionaries in the federal government failed to do. Um, we, we learned recently due to some uh, freedom of information request stuff where government comms people got in touch with Facebook and asked them to remove a post containing a Lauren Gunter column because they said it misrepresented them, right? Yes, I remember that. They were asking for a takedown. If the online harms comes along and you have a digital safety commissioner, they could go straight to him or her who could then order Facebook to remove the post. Scott, when is this coming down? Uh, could be later. This could be this fall. I think they want to get C18 largely done with before. When they first introduced it and sent it out for comment, Twitter responded to it saying it looks a lot like North Korea or Iran. So these things are part of a package, then. Yep. Not yep. And, and you throw in the uh, you throw in the extra ideas that came out of the Liberal Convention last weekend. There very clearly is a very great deal of concern within uh, the progressive movement and the Liberal Party, and with the New Democrats as well, in terms of uh, that there's just too much freedom of speech. Too much freedom. So they wish they wish to restore order. Too much freedom. Well, since you mentioned the NDP, let's quickly, uh, before we go, take a, take a look at what's happening here in Alberta. I know you'll be aware that um, the Western Standard has been denied permission to ask questions at uh, NDP meetings. We don't even get the press releases to know where the meetings are going to be. We find out and we go. And I'll tell you what happens when we go. Our reporters get shadowed. As long as they're there, they don't get to ask a question. They never get near the microphone, but they're sort of standing there. And, uh, you know, eventually they may get a chance to yell out, hey, what about? And there's somebody from the NDP who's been standing at their shoulder through the whole period. Now, I think that's a bit naff. Have you ever had to deal with that in all of your time in journalism? No, no. And nobody and nobody should have to. That's thuggery, if it's as you described. Um, it's, well, we'll show you We'll show you the video. Jonathan Bradley, Western Standard. I got a question about the the military. Don't yell your questions out, okay? You know that the policy with your particular outlet, where you have operated in hate speech against our candidates, we're taking questions from you. 
Right. I've gone over this, Jonathan, several times. Happy to continue talking about it. Happy to have that discussion with your editors. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. It's straight intimidation, right? If you just have somebody, I mean, if you're standing there and some big guy is standing next to you, or even some little guy, or even some uh, male or female is just sort of there, right? <laughs> like, um, that's invading your space. Talk about your safe spaces, right? In terms yes. of that. Now, if politicians want to not take questions from some certain media, I suppose they have a right to do that. But in during a campaign, I guess. But once you become premier of the province, your job is to represent not just the people who voted for you. You are responsible to speak to all Albertans. And so these sort of instincts are, you know, I mean, if you ask inappropriate questions, you know, maybe you do five minutes in the penalty box or something, I don't know, but they have no business doing this. And, and it, the, the instincts it reveals are really troubling. Well, that's, uh, that's certainly, it certainly troubles us. But, um, last question then, different government in Ottawa, can they blow this all up and restore things back to a more freedom loving uh, 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 situation without making the, the, the situation impossible to operate? Oh, no, they, they certainly can. I mean, the, even the Bill C-18 stuff, the CRTC was at the Senate last week, and they noted that it's going to take them two years to be ready to, to really do anything. C-11, the CRTC announced a plan today, late 2024, they might have, if everything stayed on schedule, which it won't, um, they would have, you know, that's when the first changes become official, I think, in terms of regulations and that sort of stuff. If the federal conservatives stick to their theme of giving you back control of your life and getting rid of gatekeepers, um, they will have no trouble dispensing with these uh, with these bills because they won't have embedded themselves by the time the 2025 election comes around to the extent that you need to undo it. If, if, if or you can't undo it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, it can change. Um, and uh, well, isn't that just the one bit of good news in the whole interview? Well, yes, there's hope. Or as they, as they say in football, it's the hope that kills you, though sometimes. Right? So. <laughs> uh, just to coin a phrase, the state has no business in the newsrooms of the nations. Peter, I'd like to thank you very much for giving us your time this afternoon. Valuable insights on a matter that just is so important to so many people in this country. Thank you very much for coming on board. Thanks very much. And like I said, people can go to those links and have their say. For the Western Standard, I'm Nigel Hannaford. Canadian Shooting Sports Association, without the CSSA, our gun rights would have been taken long, long ago. These guys are on the front lines helping to draft smart and intelligent firearms regulations and legislation in Canada, and more importantly, educating the public about how we keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people. To become a member, it's absolutely worth every penny. You can become a Western Standard member for just $10 a month or $99 a year for unlimited access.